If you don't mind, indulge me for a few moments. I'm going to spend the opening parts of my time speaking to you today to do a little bit of bragging. Is that okay? Sure. Okay, well, I was going to do it anyway, but here we, here, here we go. So a lot of you might know this, but last week here at the church, we had Vacation Bible School, VBS. And my sense is most of you know what Vacation Bible School is, right? You have some idea of what Vacation Bible School is. Just in case you don't, let me give you the brief kind of overview of what Vacation Bible School is. Kids come here every single morning, Monday through Friday. They get here at 9. They stay till noon. And over the entirety of every morning, it's like a camp. There's singing, there's dancing, there's crafts, there's theater, there's snacks, there's movies. What am I forgetting? I don't even know. And everything that we do, everything that happens at BBS, the focus is completely and entirely on Jesus. That's right. This year, the theme was shipwrecked, so that meant we got to wear a lot of vacation-y kind of clothes. And it was kind of like an island situation, but the idea was you're stranded on an island, you're shipwrecked, you're deserted, you're all by yourself, you're lonely, you're struggling, and who rescues you? Jesus. That's right. And here's the part about bragging. Vacation Bible School was awesome. It was amazing. It was incredible. But that's nothing new. I think at this church, we have done vacation Bible school for many, many years. Long before I got here, long before my immediate predecessor got here, long before his predecessor, Pastor Meyer, got here. This year, this church celebrates 70 years, our 70th anniversary of ministry here in Garden City, New York. And I think for most of those 70 years, we have a vacation Bible school here at the church. I don't know the exact date, but I would guess it's sometime during the Eisenhower administration that VBS started at this church, all right? You get the idea. And for most of those many, 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 many years, there was a policy here at the church. VBS was open to 200 kids. The first 200 kids that registered, they would get to come to VBS. We did this based on space, based on the number of volunteers we think we could get. And so we would open VBS registration, usually sometime in the spring, and within like 10 minutes, VBS registration was closed because it was so popular. It was like getting tickets for the Mets or something, right? I need a better example, don't I? All right. But it would... We'd open it, it would close, and people would immediately email me and call me. How come my kid didn't get in? And, you know, grace abounds, so you try and get him in and all this kind of stuff. But, but so we did that for years and years and years. This year we said, let's open it up a little more. So this year we had over 300 kids at our vacation Bible school this past week. So we set a record. I'm bragging. Comma. We also set a record, over 100 people, older students, adults, volunteered to help at Vacation Bible School this year. Our record-setting VBS. Thanks be to God. 300 kids, their families, people from this congregation, people from this community, got to hear about Jesus, got to focus on Jesus. You want to see some pictures? Good, because I have pictures. Yay! 
Ignore the person on your right. Don't pay any attention to him. Do you know who the person on the left is? If you don't know who that is, you should know who that is by now. That's one of our deacons. Her name is Michelle Kohlmeyer. She's also on our staff. She's training to get her master's in theology so she can be a church worker, a full-time church worker in her future. So we're really excited about that. But this week, she was also the director of our vacation Bible school. And she did, by all accounts, everything I observed, everything that I heard, she did an amazing job. She is a leader in this church. There's all kinds of leaders, folks, all kinds of different leaders. Some people are vocal out in front, rah, rah, sis, boom, bah. Michelle is what's called a go-getter. She is a behind-the-scenes, meticulous, organized, hardworking, hard-charging. I know every detail. If you have a question, ask me. And she validates those who work with her, which is very important for a leader. She was so awesome this year for our record-setting BBS. So do me a favor tonight when you pray. Add a prayer that she'll agree to do it again next year. (laughs) That would be best for all of us, I think it's fair to say. But we had so many great volunteers, so many great staff members helping, so many great helpers, so many stars. But by and large, probably the most popular, the most buzzed about star that we had at BBS this past week was an unnamed individual named the Dancing Vicar. There he is. Uh, I know. And Vicar Barry was great. He did a great job this week, like he did the entire year. He did everything he was asked to do. He went above and beyond. He was on stage every single morning dancing like a 12-year-old, and that was his vocation this week, and he knocked it out of the park, so we thank God for him. You'd ask the kids, what's your favorite part about BBS this week? And to a person, they all would say, the dancing vicar. (laughs) And it was the dancing vicar, so he did a great, great job. So I thank them. I thank all of our volunteers publicly now, and I want to thank all of you. I want to thank you for letting us do this, for letting us have it here, have BBS here, this year yet again. We ask you to help all the time. A lot of you volunteered. Thank you for that. A lot of you brought stuff in. It starts in the spring. We start asking for supplies for Vacation Bible School. We set up the bulletin board, and so many of you bring in supplies to help bless our VBS. And it is a blessing. And there's a lot of great things about VBS here. My favorite thing about VBS here is that when parents ask, how much does it cost, I get to say it's free. People from this church, people from this community, from communities around here, They want to come bring their kids to church to hear about Jesus, and there's no charge for that. You want to make a donation, that's between you and God. We'll take it, of course, but this is a free ministry. I talked to a lot of my friends in ministry. I heard from a lot of grandparents and parents this year. They asked me, how much do we charge? They say, nothing. They say, why grandkids' church? They they charge. My kids' church, they charge. We don't charge. The grace, the love, the mercy of Jesus Christ is free, comma, and so is our BBS. And thank you for letting us do that. We would not be able to do that here in this place without you. And that's a great blessing. So let's put a bow on VBS. What do you think? Are we done here? One more picture. Indulge me again for a moment. This is, if you don't know what you're looking at right now, this is a raft. The raft, that's a sail in the front of the raft. The sail is like it's isn't that cool how they do that? It was right here. We had the, the raft right here. Every morning, all the preschool kids at VBS would gather in here, and there would be an opening. And that sail, that raft, was a prop in our opening. We had another version downstairs, the same kind of raft. 
They're not functional. Don't try and float on these rafts, folks. You'll, you'll, you'll be in trouble. They were merely like symbolic. They were merely props. But let me explain this raft. You see a little piece of paper on the raft? You see those? No? You guys awake? Okay, good. You see the piece of paper on that raft? You see? Okay, good. Those little pieces of paper on that raft, they accumulated over the course of the entire week. When we first put that raft out here in the church, it was, um, those were holes. The sail was empty. It just had a bunch of holes in it, a bunch of, like, like tears in it. Any sailors out there? A couple. Not, not, probably not very many considering we live on an island. Right? I thought there'd be more sailors on Long Island. I don't know. That's a, I was in the Navy for eight weeks. I'm not a sailor either, but you get the idea. Okay, so, so sailors, help me out here. When you have a sail and there's a bunch of tears in it, what's going to happen? Nothing is going to happen. That's right. You're not going to move. The sail is not going to function. The sail can't work if it has all these tears in it. In the same way, at the beginning of the week, our sail wasn't going to work because it had all these holes in it. But we started to patch up the sail over the course of the week with these pieces of paper. And these pieces of paper, they were actually something called God sightings. You know what a God sighting is? It's when we see God working through others. We see God working through others. Like it was hot last week, right? Really hot. Look, someone brought me a glass of water. Well, I see God working through that act of kindness. I'm going to write that on a piece of paper, and I'm going to put it and patch up our sail. Or someone said something really nice to me. They affirmed me. They complimented me. I'm going to write that down because I see God in that act of kindness, and I'm going to patch up our sail. God sightings. A really cool concept, right? Do you have any God sightings lately? You ever see God working through other people? It's a really neat thing. And one of the things I like about this, this sale, this sale, it also functions kind of as a metaphor for me, for you, and for all the people I know. Because brothers and sisters, friends in Christ, life has a way of making holes in us. Sometimes it feels as though things are happening and it's tearing us apart. It's making it so we can't function. It takes the air out of us. And we can't go full steam ahead. People say things. People do things. And we can't believe they would say that. We can't believe they would do that. Why would they be so hateful? Why would they be so hurtful? Things happen in our work. And it changes everything. Because you all know this. This is the thing about life. Things change. And we can't do anything about it. Or we see someone we love who's suffering, who we care about, who we love. And we can't change it. And we can't fix it. And we can't stop it. Or we've done something. Something terrible. Something egregious. And we can't move on. But brothers and sisters, friends in Christ... We have a God who fixes things. We have a God who is in the business of making repairs. We have a God who promises to patch us up with the gift that we most need, the gift of forgiveness, the gift of everlasting life. Jesus, as you heard again today, say, I am the bread of life. Those who eat me will never hunger again. Those who eat me will live forever.
That's the promise. That's the hope. Whatever you've done, whatever you haven't done, whatever mistakes you may have made, whatever health problem you're struggling with, whatever your doctor has said, whatever diagnosis you're living with, we have a God who forgives. We have a God who heals. And the healing in the kingdom of God is forever. Talk about fixing things. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on the cross. And remember and understand yet again the full meaning of God's love. God loves you so much that he died for you. But God's love for you was bigger than that still. Death would not keep God down. Death would not keep Jesus Christ down. Jesus Christ rose again from the dead to give you life, to give you hope, to give you a healing unlike anything else, the healing of forever. He rose again to fix you, to change your destiny, to redefine your identity. And that's what we remember today. We have a God who fixes things. But the problem is, I never feel fixed. I hear these words. I know this truth. It is reality. I get it. But let's use the the analogy, the metaphor of the sale again. I get that sale, and I get a rip, and I get that rip fixed. And what happens? I solve that conflict at work. But all my problems aren't over. Now I have a conflict at home. My arm finally starts to feel better. But my doctor tells me now I got something in my leg. I finally feel as though I know what I'm doing at work. But my kid's getting bullied at school. We're always a work in progress, we're always being fixed. And we're always needing to be fixed. And I think this is very much um, applicable to our reading for today from Paul's letter to the Ephesians. You all heard this reading a few moments ago, and it's, obviously there's a lot going on in this reading. It's very dense. It's packed with a lot of stuff. Specifically, it's packed with a lot of instructions of who we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to be in the kingdom of God as children of God. Instructions. Right? And here are some of the instructions. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it might give grace to those who hear. You get it? You understand? Say good things. Use words that build people up. Because we know the damage that words that tear down can do. We've been torn down. We've been torn apart by what other people have said about us. What's next? Look at this. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Don't be bitter. Don't be malicious. Move forward. Move on. How is that going? How are we doing with the anger kind of stuff? I was on Facebook last night. Let me say, not very well. And one more, you knew it was going to come to this today. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. The tears happen. The challenges happen. The problem happens. And Jesus fixes it by loving us, by forgiving us, and by calling us to grow. Brothers and sisters, friends in Christ, you are called to grow. In the kingdom of God, growth happens. I talk about this all the time. 
You know, there's a lot of great things about being a pastor, and I, I answer this question a different way every time. I know, I get it. What's the best thing about being a pastor? All the people, the baptisms, the weddings, first communion class, all these great things you get to do. The best thing about being a pastor, though, this is it. The best thing about being a pastor, every single day, you get to see people grow. You get to see people be fixed. And it's amazing. It's incredible. The power of Jesus Christ to make us grow, to fix us. He sends us his Holy Spirit to remind us that we are forgiven, to remind us that we are loved, and to call us to grow, to in turn forgive, to in turn love. The greatest thing about life in the kingdom of God, you get to see people grow. I saw it last week. Monday at VBS, you had a lot of, what do I do? Where do I go? How do I talk to kids? What am I, you know, and by week five, by day five, it's, it's, a miracle has happened. The power of God, the gift of the Holy Spirit, people are just doing it and loving it. And I see it all the time. Pastor, I don't think I can read in church. I'm too scared. Pastor, I don't think I can pray in front of people out loud. Well, try it. Open yourself to grow and you will grow. That's the thing about life in the kingdom of God. And every day I see people grow. You know what it makes me want to do? I want to grow. When I see other people grow, I want to grow. When I come in here every single day and and look at that cross and fix my eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, the one who died, the one who rose again, the one who lives, the one who forgives us no matter what, the one who loves us in all things. I see him, I look to him, I know who he is, I know what he is, I know he lives in us. And I want to grow. And I need to grow. And brothers and sisters, friends in Christ, we will grow. Look around. Every single day there's people with holes in their sail. And God has blessed you with the opportunity to be a God sighting for them. Open yourself to grow. Look to Jesus. Put away malice. Put away hate. Don't use words that tear people down. Use words that build people up. Be kind. The power of kindness. Be forgiving. And above all things, love. Because brothers and sisters, friends in Christ, Jesus loves you so much. He deems you worth dying for. He deems you worth living for. And he lives in you today. He lives in you forever. Show this world that God. In his name, for his sake. Amen.